Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Stephen Mornelli, CEO and founder of Waggle.org. Waggle founder and CEO Stephen Mornelli has led international teams in diverse fields, including data science, engineering, and institutional research. His experience leading advanced behavioral-based analytics as a partner for the big data firm Teradata brings critical insight on social and business network dynamics to our crowdfunding platform. Previously, Steve was a senior vice president at Sanford C. Bernstein in New York and Brown Brothers Harriman in London in the fields of macroeconomics and quantitative research. Stephen, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Stacey. I love the introduction. <laughs> so this is fantastic. Before we jump into finding out everything about Waggle.org, and I'm really excited to dive into this because I think it's a fascinating idea and it's really interesting. Tell me first, you know, how did you get to be so passionate about cats? <laughs> you know, when I was a little kid, my uh, mother and father brought me to uh, a local um, animal welfare group and they gave me my kitten, Sam. And, you know, it was interesting. I was the only one of the three boys in my family that just had such an affection and love for pets. You know, they had pets over the years, but I was the only one who really gravitated to them. And I was so protective of this cat and loved this cat for so many years. 17 years I had Sam and that was my first pet, right? So uh, to this day, I've had so many pets along the way, dogs and cats. I think it was that first exposure that just stuck with me from an early age. That's fantastic. That's great. So obviously, you've been involved in quite an experience with the financial services and big data and all that stuff. So, you know, tell me a little bit about your sort of the path going from that to where you are right now. You really have to live a thousand lives to get a sense of where your place in the world is, I suppose. And as you were reading the bio, I was thinking, your listeners must go, how is this guy in the pet space, right? How is he doing animal welfare? Because it doesn't read like that, right? It's reading about, uh, you know, finance and engineering and all this abstract stuff. I came to it late. And for me, I don't think I could have done the work that we're doing today through Waggle.org or our foundation had I not had that exposure. And that exposure was in financial services, understanding what the sort of nefarious activities were taking place on crowdfunding platforms and in our in our world today in many different dimensions. For me, I saw, you know, for so many donors and people that were trying to make a difference, they had no idea where their money was going, right? And that makes me mad when a lot of these people, most of us that we give small amounts of money, if we don't know where it goes, wow, what a what a negative impact on our world. And that was the sort of wake up call when I saw some of the shenanigans that were going out there. And I use the expression, go fraud me, right? Where's your money go? No one knows. And that's what led me here to start Waggle. So for folks that don't know what Waggle.org is, what specifically is it? So at a very simple level, we want to connect and we do. People that find themselves in financial need, if they can't afford taking care of their pet from a veterinary perspective, if they have a medical situation that 
it forces them to be in a position where they might have to hand over their beloved pet for no other reason than they might be short $500, right? That's when the light went on with me. I said, what if I have to hand over my little dog, my 15-pound dog, Gracie? What if you put yourself in the mindset that I have to pick up this dog, put her in your hands, and hand her across the table to someone that you don't know? And this happens, right? All your listeners have seen this in some way. Hand that pet away. Put yourself in that position. I can't afford this dog that I love or this cat that I love. That to me was the day that I recall. I'm like, I'm going to do something about this. And that's, so that's what we do, right? We bridge those people that find themselves in a situation that might not be their own fault to people that actually can help them out. And it's as simple as that. As we have evolved the model, we actually found that there is so much more that we can do for so many people along the way. That's the exciting part about Waggle that I'll talk to your listeners about. But at a high level, we're helping people end economic euthanasia. Maybe a lot of people didn't hear this term, economic euthanasia, right? It means that there's over a half a million people every year that uh, have to put their pets down for no other reason financial uh, cause. That's what we're trying to put an end to. That's a conservative number, economic euthanasia, helping these people in need. That's a great term to bring up, and it's something that I think we need to continue to talk about. We've referenced it more as pet diversion programs because that's one piece of that package in pet diversion. The other is moving, but that falls within that economic euthanasia conversation too. And then there are other factors like allergies or you know inappropriate behavior and that kind of stuff that falls into pet diversion. But economic euthanasia is very specific and you have a really good and focused goal. So the difference though, there's a big difference with waggle.org and the other crowdfunding sites. Your platform has, you know, a case posted, Fluffy the cat has a broken leg or needs something fixed for a thousand dollars. And that money does not necessarily go to that individual directly. It goes to a participating veterinarian. Is that correct? Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a participating veterinarian, but you're absolutely right. There is no other organization in the United States that's doing it the way we are. We're bringing so many resources to bear in a way that offers security for our donors, right? And again, going back to what I said a few minutes ago, so many of these platforms, when you're trying to help someone, you have to ask the question, where is my money really going? And it's always met with silence, right? No one really knows. In our case, that money goes only to those veterinary hospitals directly. We never put the money in the hands of the person that's on our platform. In many cases, you know, this is sort of the negative side of things, but do you know if that person is, even if you think you might know them, right? Are they putting that uh, pet on multiple platforms, creating from multiple resources? Are they overfunding the pet? Do they never even put the money to the, to the, the cost of veterinary care? You never really know. And that's the difference here. We sure everyone that uses our platform, that money goes right to that veterinary hospital. If they're not a partner of ours, we're still going to pay them as long as we'll accept the money. It's as simple as that. That's the protection for everyone involved. So you just mentioned the word that if they're not a partner of ours, so I'm in Vermont, maybe you don't have a veterinarian that is partnered or registered with you. So I use the veterinarian down the street. Are there differences between veterinarian that's like partnered with you versus one that's not partnered with you? Or is it in essence the same? In essence, the same. Any funds that are raised, we're going to send to that veterinary hospital unless they ultimately say we don't want your money. And you'd actually be surprised that you know, there's probably 3% of the veterinary hospitals will say, we're not going to take your money. Isn't that strange, right? So we offer alternatives to people to say, you know what, there's another hospital 
in your area that will take the money that you've raised. I always find that perplexing when they don't, but you know, not the vast majority do, right? We offer benefits to those hospitals that will register with us additional support, expedited payments, things of that nature. But ultimately, how it works is when someone comes on, and we can probably talk more in detail about how it works, but when someone comes on, they're coming from all different parts of the country. If that hospital is not yet registered with us, they can they invite them, right? Because we have to get a treatment estimate to validate. That's another part of our protection, to validate people that actually been to their veterinary hospital. They can invite their local veterinarian or emergency hospital to join WAG. There's no cost at all. I also noticed that there are matching opportunities. So you have some foundations that are involved. And so for the individual cases, if I gave a dollar for Fluffy, there would be a match applied also. And I think those campaigns look like they fill up pretty quickly. You know, how is that decided as to who does a matching campaign and how did that all come about? I think this is the most exciting part of what the Waggle crowdfunding platform does. Because of the protections, the security, not only for individual donors, but the security for foundations, the security for hospitals if they want to establish their own angel fund, security for rescues and shelters, security for wealthy donors that want to establish a fund. They come in many different stripes, right? But once these funds are established under the term of a sponsor, we're able to take those monies and apply those on select campaigns, not every campaign, we wish we had unlimited resources, but we're able to apply those to select campaigns to incentivize donors to contribute additional funds. What a powerhouse, right? Because we're able to say now to anyone that establishes a fund at Waggle, we'll take whatever asset, let's say that that fund would normally have paid a veterinary hospital directly, maybe $10,000 in a year. We're able to say to that fund, we can turn that $10,000 into $20,000 or more, sometimes $30,000 through the power of matching donations. We turn $1 into two by incentivizing the public to contribute on those underlying campaigns. That is a huge amplifier effect that uh, other organizations just don't have, and we do it with security. So I think that's the one of the biggest uh, advantages of using Waggle. And this is only for owned cats, or can shelters participate in this? For us, the most important group in many ways are the rescues and shelters and for a lot of different reasons. right? So an individual that might come on the platform is only hopefully using it once, right? They found themselves in a bad situation, their pet needed care. But for a rescue shelter that are perpetually under financial stress in a lot of cases, right? Your, your listeners, I'm sure, are well aware of this more than I ever was. There's always a constant need. So whether they want to establish their own fund, whether somebody that supports that rescue shelter wants to put monies at our fund under their name, right? It brings awareness and uh, to their mission and cause on our platform. That rescue or shelter would have their own dedicated page. We could help double their assets that are going to the uh, the care of their uh, their cats or their dogs. That's the beauty uh, behind it. So, but also for rescues and shelters, they're not only are they have a recurring need on a recurring basis, but they're typically socially plugged in, right? We're here to amplify what they do, not to cannibalize, right? We can actually help them do what they're already doing today but do it on a wider geographic area and bring the good and the impact that they're making to light in a way that they might not be able to do themselves. Especially for small organizations, we have tools and techniques and tips that I think we can really amplify their game, if you will. Is this a a complicated process to sign up or does it take, you know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes? How challenging is the platform to upload information? 
it takes to set up and register, whether you're a rescue or shelter or a veterinary hospital, takes about three minutes. I tested it the other day to make sure it was as fast as I thought it was. It's literally as simple as, you know, administrative address. We verify the hospital. We verify the rescue shelter. We do that behind the scenes. We ask to upload a logo, right? So we can really help your organization get more exposure and awareness, some basic contact information. And that is that we've tried to keep this as simple as possible. So it's free and easy to use. And then we you know we invested in the platform to do all the behind the work things that you might expect from a technology platform. So I'm going to ask two of the loaded questions. So fees and tax deductibility. You've talked about other organizations that do crowdfunding and the fees that are involved. Can you just clarify for everybody what the fee situation is like and then talk about, you know, are these donations tax deductible or not? Yeah. So there's two sides of Waggle. There's Waggle.org, which is the technology platform that I've been discussing. There's the Waggle Foundation, which we established to even do more together than we could separately. So if you go to Waggle.org and you search for a pet, you search for a cat, you say, okay, this is something I want to really contribute to. When that donation is made, we have a small fee on top, on top of the donation. In this way, 100% of the donation goes to your rescue or shelters. Other organizations will take a cut of that money. We do not. 100% of your donation goes directly to that veterinary hospital on behalf of that individual or group. There's a subtle difference there, right? Yes, we ask a little bit more of our donors. And that way, we're actually giving more to those people and causes that you're trying to support. That fee is 8%. 3% of that goes directly to the credit card company. That leaves a tiny margin for us to keep the lights on because we do we do have to keep the lights on. As you can imagine, we've got a pretty large investment in bringing all this to light. So we have to make sure that we're paying for marketing and paying for salaries so we can continue to grow this, this organization in a healthy way. Now, if you go to wagglefoundation.org, you can still access that at waggle.org. You'll see that our board members, you'll see that it is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. That means that you would get a tax-deductible receipt for your donation. That would be for the foundation or the general fund, but not for the specific animals. We do have specific pets at the Waggle Foundation, and the campaigns look a little different. Those are tax-deductible, and you can give to the general fund at Waggle Foundation, and that is also tax-deductible. As we emerge from the global pandemic of COVID, fostering is emerging as the new normal in the animal welfare industry. But shelter management software doesn't provide the tools or the workflows for communicating with fosters at scale. So many organizations struggle to maintain hundreds of animals in foster homes. If only there was a system that was custom built specifically to solve this problem. Introducing Foster Space, powered by our friends at Dubert. FosterSpace was custom-built to allow you to manage hundreds of foster relationships and to communicate with them via text, email, and even Facebook Messenger. Your fosters have a portal where they can upload videos and photos and updates on their animals, and organizations can schedule fosters for meet-and-greets, adoption days, or anything else they need. There's so much more to check out. Sign up for free at www.dubert.com and go to the FosterSpace tab to get started. Community Cats podcast and feline leukemia advocacy supporter Margaret Tompkins are thrilled to announce our first ever online feline leukemia educational day to be held on July 18th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
We will have a wonderful group of speakers sharing their expertise around feline leukemia. Planned speakers include Amy Kolbecker from Best Friends Animal Society, Dr. Julie Levy from the University of Florida, Brittany Foxhover from Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, Danielle Case from Treehouse Humane Society, Dr. Heather Kennedy from KC Pet Project, and Monica Friendin from Austin Pets Alive. I really hope you'll join us on July 18th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. To register for just $25, go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our virtual education tab and you'll be able to sign up today. Please join us. Please learn all that you need to learn about feline leukemia and make those adoptions happen. Once again, go to www.communitycatspodcast.com. Sign up today. We'll see you there. How did you get this all started? I believe you had some support from Maddie's Fund. Were there other organizations that helped get this project off the ground? Yeah, Eli's Fund has been an amazing contributor from an early stage, like the, the earliest. It was somebody that was introduced to, I think somebody you had on your show recently, Dr. Andrew Kaplan. Oh, yeah. Yep. So coincidentally, my condo when I lived in the city was one block from Andy. He's my vet. And it was pure coincidence, City Vet. What a fantastic organization and team that he has there. And the Toby Fund, he had made an introduction to an individual that established Eli's Fund. And I think this is exciting to watch for her, I hope, to watch their early funding for us, the difference that they made, right? They, without them, I don't know if we could have gotten off the ground in the way we did. That early funding, Eli's Fund, you'll see it at our pages. When she established Eli's Fund, she can do with her, her fund the same thing that others can do, right? Whether it's a hospital or a foundation is to put monies there, double their impact through matching donations. And an important part that I didn't mention is for any donor, we do one more thing that not only other crowdfunding platforms don't do, but even large foundations in many cases, we take the updates provided by the owner or the shelter and we feed those back to the donors. We want everybody to know the difference that they've made. That's taxing on the organizations. We had to spend a great deal of time in putting all those mechanisms in place that we could do this at scale. So we want everybody to know the difference that they've made. And so for somebody that establishes a fund at Waggle like Eli's, they get to see every single day what their monies have done and how they've doubled or tripled their assets. If there is someone out there listening and said, wow, that sounds great. How much would I have to donate in order to get into that seat at the table? What would that be? At a very minimum, we have a $5,000 to establish a fund. But if you think about it, that's we hope that they continue you know, continue it mm-hmm. on. That might be as small as actually funding one pet, right? So the, generally, the funds are larger than that. But we've had some hospitals go as little as that because we do this because not because we're trying to make money off it, but that way we get everybody involved. So think about if you're a veterinary hospital and you establish a $5,000 fund. Those monies may have come from your own, your own staff. They may have come from some people in the local community that said, you know what, I, I want to contribute to your hospital or your shelter and rescue in a certain way. Let's bring it to light, right? Let's do it in those cases when can when campaigns or people are in need. Maybe there's not one today, but it will be in the months ahead. So that we let them create this fund that they can participate and see these cases and the difference they're making. So that's why we kept the value fairly low. 
I do have to ask with all the, you know, exposure to coronavirus and the conversation around that and the fact that if we get into an economic recession, as well as a lot of disease and potential hardship and people being forced to make decisions to relinquish pets or not being able to afford to take care of them, there could be some substantial growth with regards to your platform. Is your platform, does it stop or can it go as far and wide as it needs to go? We're continuing to expand based on the, I mean, we've really had tremendous growth here in the last year. And sadly, things like coronavirus even causes a greater need. So we're trying to accommodate the inevitable stresses that, you know, pet owners are going to be facing in the months ahead. So we're adapting as quickly as possible to these situations as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question there, but we are, are continuing to expand not only beyond in dogs and cats, we're soon to be adding uh, rabbits and uh, equine and horses because there's a need out there. We see it every single day. So that's next up. Importantly, we have made advances in this underlying software that we can soon be adding cause and breed, right? Because so many of our donors out there say, you know, I'm interested in Shetland sheepdogs or Yorkshire Terriers, right? Or whoever, certain types of cats. And we're also finding that cause is also very important. Something that was dear, near and dear to me was senior pets. I, I don't know why, maybe because my dog is now 10 and I see that little gray face. I, th- I just find it more endearing. So senior pets uh, resonate with me. But <laughs> That's a personal thing, but other causes as well. You'll see Riddell and Cody for cancer treatments. They are now a partner of ours, something very important. We find more organizations like Riddell and Cody. I can talk about why they are now, quote, powered by Waggle, but cancer, veterans, military police. We want to add this dimension to what we do so we can let donors find what interests them most, where their passions are. And so I think this is a important milestone in what we've done. I just want to take a quick step back because so many of our listeners are extremely focused on providing affordable spay-neuter services to animals, specifically cats. This site focuses on sort of project-based, not necessarily support for like affordable spay-neuter, or does it include even those kinds of services? So we've had people come on with spay neuter before and run some campaigns. And I think the results are mixed. And it's probably common sense why, right? In certain cases, a very compelling dog or cat that has a medical need, right? That could be, and I might be wrong with that, but I think that's generally what we've seen. But that said, there's sometimes we've seen certain campaigns in the spay neuter space where they're really, someone's really passionate about sharing the story that they've created. And that is the really key. I mean, we can put all the tools and technologies and all these wonderful things in place, matching donations, but the heart and soul of this is somebody's willing to participate. It's absolutely critical or anyone comes on that they, you have to be part of the solution, right? So we're, we're not there just to say, hey, here's a chunk of money. We don't have that. The idea is we provide the tools and the tips and the techniques and the sharing icons and everything that one might need to take that story and bring it to their friends and family, local community, media and PR, huge win for everyone involved. But you have to participate, right? And there's a philosophical underpinning to all this, if you will. And so I point all that out. So, so for example, one of your listeners said, you know what? I have, uh, I want to do fundraising for spay and neuter. I would say as long as you're willing to make the story known, then you can absolutely raise funds on Waggle. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. And it also does come back to your own organization's reach to a certain extent. I mean, Waggle has a certain reach too, but you shouldn't depend on that. You need to create your own reach for your organization for a variety of reasons. But to run a strong campaign, you know, you need to have reach with your own supporters. You absolutely have to have, I would say, again, the willingness to do something, right? So we tell everybody, we make it very clear as you're signing up, that it's not about, you can't just create a story and then fire and forget, right? That's what crowdfunding is all about, right? We say it to everybody here. There's an entire ecosystem that starts with the pet owner, their friends, their family, the local community, their local veterinary uh, hospital, emergency referral hospitals, foundations. It goes all the way out through this chain. And if everyone were to participate a little bit, it's like everything else in our world today, right? Well, you can't just watch others do it. You got to roll up your sleeves and do something. So we tell people you're coming on the platform, you can't just rely on somebody that you don't know because the the funding generally comes from either somebody you do know in your community and then so forth. But we also give great advice on, let's say you don't have a strong social network, you're not on Facebook or Instagram, well, how do you raise money? There's a great example just the other day out in uh, Portland where we did this amazing newscast and it was on a success story that we had run. It was an individual that didn't have a lot of support socially, locally, but they got picked up by their local TV station and it was funded overnight, right? We have a lot of cases like this, ABC News. If you're willing to reach out to people outside your comfort zone, boy, you can do some amazing things. That's great. If folks are interested in finding out more about Waggle.org, how would they do that? It's really that easy. It's <laughs> going to Waggle.org. There's a plethora of information out there on the website and then on the blog. But, you know, we've got a support pages there. We've got a great team that can answer questions when they come in. That's the easiest way. Really, it's everything is out there. And Stephen, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, I hope that I covered most of the points. I'm excited to bring this to the general public. I think for us, what's the best thing that we can do to help more of the communities is, is sharing the awareness, right? Like, even if you, I would ask your listeners, if they don't need us today, you know, to bookmark us or let their friends or family know that we're here as a trusted resource. We need help. And we've, we've been doing this for two years now. When I find a veterinary hospital that hasn't heard of us, it's a joy to me when they say, wait a second, wow, this is amazing. I recently visited uh, Paws, Connecticut. We adopted a dog just last week. And the staff came out of all the rooms like, oh, my God, you're from Waggle. That just, it just warms the heart, right? We've made a difference at this local rescue shelter. All these people are doing extraordinary work for little pay. It's just wonderful to see. When we find an organization, they become aware of us and how we can help them. My God, that's what I, I hope that comes out of this call is that more people are, know what we're, what we're trying to do to solve this problem of economic euthanasia. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, I want to thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. Thank you to all your listeners. So very appreciative. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 